Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Who Moved My Back in podcast, the podcast for women of color who are navigating change in their personal life and in business. I'm your host, Clyde Tammy, and I go by That Girl Tammy on all socials. This week, I was joined by Alison Burton, the co-founder of Much Muses. If you haven't heard of Much Muses, you must be living under a rock, basically. Much Muses are the first UK company to have Christmas ornaments that look like black people. You see the little figurines, the Father Christmas, the angels that we put on Christmas trees, they're usually white. And much music saw that there was a problem with that and there was a gap in the market, basically. So Alison and Natalie decided to start March Muses. Also, they were on Dragon's Den this year, if you missed them, and they managed to get an investment from two of the dragons. I'm not going to tell you which ones. You have to listen to the episode. I wanted to sit down and talk to them because I felt like what they were doing is something that is needed. It's a gap in the market. And in the first part of the episode, you'll hear Alison telling me what you can also use that figurines for. It's not just for Christmas. As a self-proclaimed Grinch, I needed to find out how can I enjoy much Muse's products without going all out for Christmas. <laughs> As usual, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation, use the hashtag WhoMovedMyBackIn on Twitter and tell me what you think. You can reach me at WhoMovedMyBackIn on Instagram. Help you enjoy the episode. Our our little angels, like people leave them on the shelf or mantelpiece or like a chest of drawers as like a, a momentum, a guardian angel. So, yeah. you know, you don't have to have a tree. We also have like nativity sets as well. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to have a tree. You can have things just as a centerpiece on a table yeah. or as, as an ornament, as, as you know, as an angel guarding over you. I think I like so, that idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea more. <laughs> so with March Muses, I think, we, I, I can't say we, because that would be a bit presumptuous, right? That we all know the story. Just because I know the story doesn't mean that everybody yeah. knows the story. Um, I think it started, the main thing about it is about representation, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. A white Christmas and mm-hmm. we didn't really get much. And um, when I said that I've known about your business for a long time, I found out about it um, on Facebook, mm-hmm. in the Black Economy. Yeah, yeah. Group. Uh, that's how I found out about it and I was like oh and this was like two years ago oh, yeah. I don't remember how long ago it was and I was like oh this is interesting <laughs> oh this is really good this is something yeah. I didn't know I needed yeah. exactly. I just my face like you need yeah. this yeah we kind of liken ourselves to the uber of transportation where you never knew you needed uber like a car service on your phone on an app that would pick you up wherever you are without having to sort of dial somewhere mm-hmm. and also cashless. So it's like, we've literally taken something that has been uh, a whitewashed Christmas yeah. and we've made it much more representative. Yeah. As, as it should be. Yeah, exactly. So the idea came from obviously representation. Mm-hmm. When you, Who got the idea first, you or Natalie? So Natalie, Natalie and I have been business partners um, for 10 years now. So we've had other businesses outside of this business. And she was decorating her tree with her daughter, who was seven at the time. And as she was decorating the tree, her daughter said, Mom, can angels have black skin? Can they be brown? And she was like, of course they can. A silly question. Why would you ask me such a thing? Um, But then when she was looking around, decorating the tree and the all the Christmas decor everything was white which is obviously what provoked that question mm. from her daughter so um Natalie's like a keen online shopper so she went online you know trying to obviously get these black angels for her daughter in the UK couldn't find anything anywhere online um found ones in the US but by the time you work it out it's costing you about 40 dollars to get mm. it here the price of the ornament plus the shipping um, I did a high street search in like the bigger retailers, smaller boutiques and gift shops. I found one and it was in the gift shop. Um, it's called Treasures in South Norwood. And the shop owner, she's had her shop for 25 years. And I said, I'm looking for a black angel. Do you have one? She said, yeah, I have one. And I looked at it and I said, well, did you get this? And she said, it was a white one and I've painted it black because I've never been able to find black ones. Wow. So she's been in business 25 years and she can't find any. Yeah. We're looking online, high street, big main retailers. They don't have any. There's a problem. 100%. 
And so Nat said, shall we create our own? I was like, yeah, let's do it. Because we've already worked together as business partners. So we know each other's strengths and weaknesses. We work well together. I said, let's give it a try. And so we launched in 2019 with six products. After a lot of back and forth with getting samples sent over and working with manufacturers overseas, it was a process. Mm. Um, And although everybody likes to celebrate Christmas in December, late November, the whole process of Christmas actually starts in January. So, you know, that and that allowed us enough time to really work on the creations, the designs, getting them with close attention being paid to features, hair, all of that, skin tones that is overlooked by the major retailers because they do have some black angels, but the complexion's not right. The look of it's not right. There's no authenticity. It's literally a white figurine or angel that's painted black. Yeah. Wow. So let's go back. So you said you have worked together for over 10 years. So how did you Mm -hmm. meet and what are the other businesses that you have done? (laughs) So Natalie and I, our parents actually know each other. So our our parents have been friends since their teen years. And I'm older than Natalie. So I've known Natalie all her life. Wow. Um, And so how we came up together is that I have one daughter who is 11, who is one week older than Natalie's eldest. He's 11 now as well. Um, And so when we were both pregnant, we were like, oh, my God, you're having a baby. I'm having a baby. So when the babies were born, we started going to like baby groups just for like sanity breaks, really. You know, new to motherhood, you kind of need to get out and about with the children and be around like minded people. So off we went. We'd go to like, you know, Cheeky Nando's or, as I said, go to like baby groups and stuff. And we kind of found quite quickly that as a new parent, you need to think about maybe having a side hustle because whether it is that you're on maternity leave, whether it is that you've had to reduce your hours to part-time after becoming a mum, you know, you want to still feel that you're being you. You don't want your earning to be kind of, you know, cut and slashed in half. So you think about what you can do on the side. So Natalie has a acting background. She went to Brit school. So she's a trained actress. Um, So all about creativity And I have a a background in recruitment. I've been working in recruitment now for maybe 15 or so years. And so we came together and we created workshops, careers challenge workshops designed for year nine to year 12 um, in secondary schools across the country. And we'd make a really interactive workshop teaching students how to prepare for interviews, prepare their CVs, how to present themselves. And that was really successful. But schools have a really small budget. Yeah. So, you know, it was great. And then um, we thought, okay, this is great. What else can we do? And then we also, alongside that, we had an elf business. So that was our first sort of look into Christmas where we offered home elf visits, which we classify like as a personalized grotto. So we had actors that would come along and visit your children. It could be just your one child. It could be a a group of children up to 10, 15. And our elves would create magic and theater in the home. Um, And so... It would be a lot of interactive music, dancing, storytelling. Um, there'd be a naughty and nice list as well. So the parents would tell us things about the children and then the actors incorporate it into the theatre. Like, well, you know, if you continue to brush your teeth well, you will be on the nice list. Or your teacher, Mr. Brown, said how well you're doing in maths. And they would be like blown away because they're thinking, how do they know this information? So that was really great. Yeah. And then we then started the third business alongside it which was March Muses but obviously um, 2019 was the first year that we launched March Muses but then 2020 the school workshops and the personalized home elf visits were pretty much killed well they were killed by COVID but luckily we had our third hustle yeah you know that was slowly steadily growing Um, so we would have had no business at all if we had only had the schools or the christmas elves we would have had no business um so now that covid is finished are you back with the other two or you've just kind of now concentrating on march music we still do the um school workshops but in a in a different way now because we've been i don't know if you know that we went on the dragon's den and so from being on the dragon's den now it's not so much about uh preparing for C, um, interview and how you do your cv it's more about entrepreneurship 
So right. we have been doing t- um, talks in schools about entrepreneurship and just having really open, honest, candid conversations with the children. Again, making it really interactive um, and allowing them to ask us any questions that they want to ask about becoming an entrepreneur and how you juggle everything with your children and full time jobs. And just, you know, if you if whatever your dream of what you think is going to be after school life, after uni, that you have options. Yeah. I think that's amazing because last week um, on the podcast, I had Donia, who she's like, um, she's like an educator. She helps kids and she helps parents try and get the most out of the kids. Mm -hmm. And what she was saying was with state schools um, that designed to bring up um, workers and private schools are are designed to bring up leaders and stuff like that. So that's really amazing that you guys are doing that because you're yeah. kind of showing them that you can actually become an entrepreneur. You don't have yeah. to. I mean, unless you want to, of course, right? Yeah. But you, there's also another avenue. If you want to do your own thing. Well, you can do both. You can do because both. Because we still both have our full-time jobs. Yeah. So, so you know. So, <clears throat> you've been on Dragon's Den. I'm yeah. a loyal Dragon's Den watcher. Um, yeah. I didn't even know that you were going to be on there until you went on. I was like, to my husband, I know them. <laughs> Um, so and I think one of the themes that tends to run when you're on Dragon's Den um, that I've noticed like Dragon's Den Shark Tanks is they don't like you to keep your day job after you get the investment right they want you to concentrate on the business so how did you both manage to say we're still going to keep our day jobs but we're still going to work on much muses I mean I think it was our numbers um are a testament of how hard we've been working along with our children and our full-time jobs. So when we launched in 2019 and when we launched, we only had six products. Mm. We had a good amount of volume of each of the six, but we only had six because we weren't sure how they would be received. And we just wanted to take our time and we're a self-invested business at that point as well. So you don't want to lose money. You want to kind of test the market. Um, So in the first year of trading, and we only trade for about two months of the year, we made 12,000 pounds. We sold out of our products in literally 10 days and we had to do a quick reorder. Luckily, our manufacturers were able to get us over the shipment in time so that we could still fulfill orders for that Christmas. Okay. Then the next year, 2020, was lockdown year, pandemic year, Black Lives Mattered year. And I say mattered because that's what we're seeing as a shift now in in what people are doing. Um, But we can touch on that later if we we have time. (laughs) Um, And so... We went from a £12,000 turnover to almost £80,000 turnover in year two. Now, we are single mums as well. We don't come from silver spoon families. We don't have an inheritance that's bolstering us up. We're not 28, 30-somethings who live at home with mum and dad. We have children, so we have to have our full-time jobs. And so, yes, I'm sure they're still wondering, well, when are you going to stop doing that? But... We can't do that yet. We cannot, while we continue to grow this business, we still have to feed our children and keep roofs over our head. And we're now in a cost of living crisis. So now more than ever, whether you like it or not, the day job counts. Every hustle counts right now. So the option of getting a bigger investment so that you can. This is the next thing now. we, we see the Dragons Den as a great opportunity, great backing with Dragons and the access to them and their resources. But that's almost pre-seed. To really grow your business, you need more than £50,000, which is what we received. So that £50,000 has helped to grow us. But, you know, you don't want to be chasing your tail. You don't want to be like a hamster in a wheel. You need to continue that growth. So we now need to think about, you know, second investments, you know, second seed, venture capitalists, high net worth investors, that type of thing. So this is the next type of things that we need to be thinking about to enable us to then step away from our full-time jobs as well and really grow this business in the way that we can. And, you know, we've got, we've had great things happening, um, things that are happening next year that we can't yet talk about, but, you know, we're now stocked in Selfridges. We're stocked also in Liberty London. And we did that without the Dragons. Really? That was going to be my yeah. question. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, we were actually pondering, like, do we even need to t- take this investment? You know, should we should we give away a stake in our business? But the truth of it, Clyde, is we are black women in business. We get 0.02% of investment opportunity that's out there available. I think white males get 81%. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think white females 
probably get like 9%, something like that. I've got the stats in my phone, but I, um, I'm not going to disrupt the, disrupt the conversation to check my phone. Um, but my memory is telling me, I definitely know the 81% is about right, maybe even yeah. more than that. for what, yeah. but, the, but we are way, way at the bottom. And I don't even know what 0.02 looks like. Yeah. It's not even a real number, is it? Let's be let's be honest. It's very very little. It's much. So, al- although we were like, okay, we managed to break down the doors of liberty after three years. We got into the doors of selfridges after three years. We still need help. We still need help. And so, being um, collaborating with collaborating with dragons, it's not just about the money. It's about the resources and how they can help us you know, and how to open up other conversations that may have been taken a while or to get their team to help us with legals. Like we're having conversations with big retailers and we're being sent contracts. We don't understand this stuff. Mm. You know, we're not um, legal experts or we've had to work on these types of contracts before. So it's really good to get the, t- the advice of their teams on they like, no, ask them to remove that. No, you should be asking for this. They need to add this clause, you know, and it's really good to get that help for free. Absolutely. I think when when you look at what the dragons bring to the table, right, it's mm. more than just the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like you said, they open up doors, they introduce you, and even just hearing that you've got backing from these two people. It adds credibility. Adds, yeah, it's a whole yeah. different conversation. You're being whole seen different in a whole different conversation. So yeah. it definitely brings something um, that's really, really good to the table. Yeah. What made you lot apply to it? It's that same question that I'm saying is that we have been trying to contact so many companies, John Lewis, some of the larger retailers that well-known on the high street, Selfridges included, Liberty London also. We were trying to speak with them from 2020. Mm. And so when we realized that we were just being led, what felt like a merry dance, lots of gatekeepering going on, lots of, yeah, we'll get back to you conversations were happening and no one was ever getting back. And I was like, Nat, we need help. We need to go on the dragons then. And although although we were filled with dread, and you know, obviously they say there's a thin line between brave and stupid. You know, we're definitely not stupid. But you know, it was it was nerve-wracking, but we had to do it because we were thinking, okay, we want the investment, obviously. We want the recognition from dragons and for them to see the need for this representation, this inclusion, and see how important it is for the diversity at Christmas time and in all celebrations. But supposing we make a fool of ourselves, supposing we don't make any money, supposing we get laughed, supposing we just mess up the pitch, but at worst, we would get aired on the TV. And that is absolute free gold marketing. And even when you do the audition, you don't even know if you're going to be shown on the TV. So that's why we couldn't tell anyone about it because we couldn't jeopardize someone else innocently saying do you know Alison and Nat were on the dragons then and then somehow people tagging it saying it online it getting back into the BBC and then we wouldn't have been aired at all so we had to keep this secret for eight months we were only able to post it on our socials a week before it was going on the TV wow and that was when it was confirmed to us we didn't know that it was going to be shown oh so they they tell you beforehand that you're going to be aired a week before you're aired yeah so you don't know and you don't see the edit because the pitch you see on the TV was 13 minutes or so. We were in there for two hours. Yes, my dear. Two hours. Seriously? Seriously, two hours. And we didn't anticipate that. We walked in there in high heels, you know, thinking they're going to love us. And the thing is, throughout the day as well, so we went to the studio in Manchester and we got there. We were told to get there at 12. Our pitch started at 10 to 6. So you're waiting all that time. You're thinking like, yeah, yeah, I've got this. Then the nerve kicks in then the imposter syndrome and then all of this kind of stuff. And you're seeing all other people doing their pictures as well. And, you know, but within that, everyone there that saw our uh, decorations, the other people pitching, the researchers, the production team, the crew members, the ladies doing the makeup and getting the lunches, they were all gassing us up. Oh my God, you girls are going to go away with investment. These are amazing. We've never seen anything like this before. So obviously we were like, yeah, we we got this. And then we got three no's and we were like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) We were like, no, we haven't come this far to just come this far. So we were literally having to, we had, it felt like we did the pitch twice because when you got the three no's, 
we begin to fight for it. And you only see a little bit of that. But it's like we started the pitch all over again to then reiterate the need for the product, how much we've grown in two years, the fact that we'd only spent like 50, 60 quid on marketing and had made this achievement, like, come on. Yes. And then they came, they 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 invested. I can't, I can't lie to you. I was at the edge of my seat. So I was just like, <laughs> what? what? Are you not dumb? Like, <laughs> what? You, you know, when, when um, Steven surprised me, Mm-hmm. Because he was like, I really love it. And if you guys need me, I'm here. And I'm like, yeah. invest then. But yeah. <laughs> and then um is it Sarah or Sarah? I know she doesn't yeah. like called one of them. Um yeah. Sarah. Yeah, because she tends to invest in a lot of small businesses. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, hold on. You know when you think you're going mad? Like, yeah. is it because I'm biased because I've always been a fan? So I'm thinking differently to how they're seeing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what you start yeah. thinking? But then obviously, in the end, it came through. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we got who we were supposed to get, you know. Deborah, we touched on her heartstrings. And actually, I have to say, Deborah was so lovely throughout the whole process um, where we were been, we were been asked some really tricky questions and trying to, I guess they just they just want to dot the I's and cross the T's. And that's what they're going to want to do. It's their money that they want to make sure that they've got all the information. And like Deb would chime in and she'd say, Alison already told you this. She's already told you this part. And that's exactly what she meant. Like Deb, um, Sarah mentioned a couple of things. They didn't show it in the on the edit. And like she's like, why are you why are you doing this? Alison knows what she's talking about. That what she's talking about is like the biggest show in the UK, in Europe, in fact like talking about trade shows and stuff. We were talking yeah. about stuff like that. And so Deborah was really quite protective of us in there because they never needed to take that harsh stance. Um, yeah. But we were, we were steadfast. It was like, we, we came, we're coming for something. We need to know that we, we've come and we've done our best pitch ever. Um, because the last thing you want to do is be walking back into that elevator. And, um, Oh, really? Thinking, mm, we won't talk about that. <laughs> I'd be thinking, um, I should have said this. We should have done that. Da, 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 you know, and and so we gave it our all, and we weren't expecting an offer from Peter Jones because, quite frankly, he's so poker faced. You can't tell whether he's interested, not interested. He's very stealth, mm. and so you know he's waited for everyone else to speak. hasn't really said very much, and then he's come in with his offer, and then obviously encouraged Deborah to join him at a lesser percentage as well. Mm. No, you you both did amazing. I was cheering and whooping and yeah. But then you did. I was, yeah, I'm glad that happened for you. Uh, So moving on from like Dragon's Den and stuff, I want to move, I want to go back. Because what you lot do, it's something that we don't have in our community, right? Yeah. In the UK community, at least. We don't really see it. So when you both decided, yeah, let's make a business of this. Let's do this. How did you know where to start? to look for this did you look for the manufacturers who do the normal white ones and say we want a different shade to it Mm -hmm. so basically we looked at products that were already out there and thought about how we would change them Mm. and that's how we started our design process literally we weren't trying to reinvent a wheel or anything like that we were just literally trying to make something more representative more inclusive for us you know we also looked at um, like as I mentioned like the hair like when you look at the figurines that are out there like for example John Lewis or even Liberty London they've got a tree topper in there it doesn't represent us Mm-mm. you know the tone the, the skin tone is all wrong the dress that they're in is all wrong you know it doesn't work at all so um, we just wanted to like how can we make it look like us we looked at the ones that are in America as well and some of them as lovely as they are they do look quite dated some of them um, and we just wanted it to have much more of a fun and a warm look and feel um, and just make it something that both children would love, adults would love. Um, we initially made them for our children. You know, that was literally it. We started this business from our kitchens um, and I just watched the idea that we had, the concept just grow and grow and grow. Wow. I feel like that's it's amazing, right? Because a lot of people would be kind of, it seems like an idea that can scare you in terms yeah. of, how big it is yeah right like you're thinking how can I do this how can I as a you know that imposter syndrome that we're talking about yeah, kind of keeps yeah. in, like how can I do this and yeah. the fact that you lot pulled it off but tell me about this 60 pound marketing budget that you lot have haven't spent hundreds because when I was running my skincare business I spent a lot of money on marketing which is yeah. like Facebook ads and yeah Instagram ads and that kind of thing I think 
at the point of when we started March Music, as, as I said, we already had two other businesses. Mm. And with the school workshops, whenever we paid for what were these so-called marketing lists to get into schools, to get the right contracts, et cetera, et cetera, it never brought about anything. Mm. It was literally us going to a school, them loving what we did, then telling another school and another school. And some schools have clusters. So then they will tell the other six or seven schools in their cluster. The teachers move as well. So then they would come into a new school, a new setting, and then they want to have a deliver a workshop to their new set of pupils and obviously, you know, show that they're in tune with what the, child, the children need. And it just grew like that. We had our elf business. We grew that on Facebook. So we kind of, without knowing, we'd kind of found a way to build our business with limited money. Um, and it grew and it, and it was lots of recommendations, word of mouth. And that's how it grew. Even with the elf visits, we still have parents now emailing, are you guys not, still not going to come back? Because of obviously we've had the break since COVID. Um, because we, with the elf visits, we were doing them for, I think we did three or four Christmases. Mm. So we've seen children who are three years old now become seven and eight year olds um, and who still are kind of believers. Um, and so it's just really interesting. And so we've had the same families year on year. And so one thing we've been really good at in all three of the businesses, even though two of one of them we no longer do, is gaining repeat business and recommendations. And so the £60 that we spent on marketing for March Muses was literally Facebook ads. Wow. And Instagram. But what people were doing, because like yourself, we, no one had seen these before in the UK and available to us without paying US shipping fees, everybody was sharing it. And like we were getting it back in WhatsApp groups that we're in. <laughs> like, yeah, that's us. <laughs> So it's really, Have you guys seen cool. this? And you're like, uh, yeah, I yeah. make them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and that was it. And I think that um, it was just because it was so niche. We had really uncovered a huge gap in the market, and it, we were actually quite surprised that after the first year of doing it, and then the second year of doing it, and it being it kind of quadrupling, more than quadrupling our sales, that none of the big retailers were doing it. And it's because they're they're not ready to embrace this level of representation, particularly at Christmas. Particularly that at Christmas. Like fair. I, I, and I feel I feel like maybe not so much now because I feel like you guys are kind of gone. Like you're you're safe, you're good. Yeah. But that was my fear, which is what if this big company see this and they're like, oh, we can just do that ourselves. That's always my fear when yeah, it comes to things yeah. like this that represent us. Like what if the big dogs could just come in and be like, I'll do it myself. But see, obviously, now that you're in Liberty and you're in Selfridge, it's showing that there's still space. There's space. And there, is, there is space. And you know what? We we welcome competition, but please do it right. You know, this is the problem with these larger retailers. Um, and I think hopefully our children, if not our children, our children's children's children, they will become the key decision makers in these boardrooms, in these buying and marketing meetings, these branding sessions. They will be the people who will be signing things off. Because right now, the way that the boardroom is structured, there are not going to be many people in there that look like you or I. Um, and so this is why these things will get overlooked or done in the wrong way, because there's no one advising on how to do it. So people are doing a bit of a tick box exercise. So they're being performative, you know, and not well intended, if I, if I may add as well. We made the, um, the trip to go and have a look at our display. Um, in Liberty London and in Selfridges and the Selfridges display just blew us away we're integrated around the whole store it's not like there's a black corner mm -hmm. you know where it's, it's just beautiful the way that they've done it and they Selfridges they just get it if you could clone the buying director at Selfridges everywhere would be diverse because he just got it good he just got it and they're, they're so easy to work with they're again they're a lovely helping hand you know, we told him, we told him our secret about the dragons then. Um, because we were like, this is this is one moment for this conversation. Oh, you mean before it yeah. aired? So yeah. you secured suffragists before it before aired? Before it aired, yeah, that's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's why we were like, well, do we need to take, because when it, it aired, but the whole contractual process of the investment taking the money, we didn't actually get the money until February. So, yeah, so it's a long process. Yeah. So... This is why we were like, mm, do we need to do this? Because we're in Selfridges now, blah, blah, blah. And But who knows how long that would last? So we can't just be um, 
a, like just assured that we just need her selfridges. We need all the help that we can get. Mm-hmm. We really, really do. So then when we mentioned the dragons then to the, the buying director at Selfridges, it's just to add the credibility. So he was in the know and we were like, you can't say anything. And he didn't say anything, obviously. Um, so, you know, stepping stones, you have to kind of use the little stepping stones to get you where you need to go um, and be prepared to go on a journey in business because you're not going to take a quick leap and get to where you need to be. If anyone does, unfortunately, you only stay high for so long because then it's likely to come back down quickly, you know. So, you know, and that's, I don't say that to put anybody off. It's just to be realistic about what you do in business. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. So for some tips, I know some people might be wondering this and I was, I was going to do a whole episode on this, but I would like to hear how you guys did it. How did you manage to get into Selfridges and DBT? When I say, how did you manage? I yeah. mean, literally, how did it happen? How did you find out who the buyer was? How did you find out who to speak to the right pitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get a meeting? Because they must get a lot of pitches every single day in the inbox. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, the first year we launched um, in the January after, so we launched in uh, October and then the following January, um, I did a talk at an event. So my friend Selena, she runs Coco Girl magazine. Oh, yeah. Um, and so she had an event in Brixton and she had loads of people there and like different speakers. And I was one of the speakers and I spoke about our our um decorations and like people were like saying like asking questions they were like saying you know what do you want to do now where do you want to go from here I said well you know we want to start to speak to big retailers we want to speak to John Lewis we want to speak to Liberty London Selfridges blah 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 not knowing that somebody who works in Liberty London was in the audience so at the end of the pitch I'm just there packing away and getting my daughter ready to go home and a lady comes over and she says to me I work at Liberty and I work very closely with the buying department I'm going to send you, she gave me her card. She took my number and she said, I'm going to hook you up. Oh my gosh. And that was in 2020. We've only just got the figurines in there for this Christmas. Yeah. So that was a really long process of us just being tenacious and don't forget us. Here we are. We're back again. Hello. Following on from the email. Da, 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 da. Hi. Just picking up. Have you? Da, da, da. Oh, oh so, so, you, so you did get a lot of air. Of, yeah. It was a lot of badgering on our part and kind of like, right. I don't, I don't feel like I'm begging it. But no, come on. You said you were interested. So we're following on from what you said. Yeah. But it took 18 months, two years. Wow. For that process to kind of complete, to get into the store. Mind you, Liberty, they only have two of our products. They took our two hero products. Well, the and they have them in Santa. store. The, the Afro Angel and our yeah. first Santa. They've always been our top seller from the very beginning up, up until now. So they only have two products. With Selfridges, we would have our customers um, would do pop-ups at different events or they would email us and message us on Instagram. You know, why are you not, you guys not in bigger retailers? Why can't we buy your things elsewhere? I don't like shopping online or I just want to go out and I want to see your things in store. So Nat did this huge rant on Instagram and like saying, guys, all of you have been asking us why you can't find us anywhere else but our website. If any of you know buyers, diversity champions in any of the big retailers, big corporates, let us know, hook us up, blah, blah, blah. Share this post. This post got shared and it fell into the hands of this person obviously has all the buyers in as her followers. She posted the rant on her story and that's where the buying director at Selfridges saw it. So wow. where I can't remember where I was. We weren't together, but obviously we shared the Instagram account. And we just saw a message flash up. Hi, I'm the buying director of Selfridges. I need to speak to you ladies. And I think I was probably doing the run, taking my daughter to Brick Kids. Natalie was probably taking her daughter to another ballet or gymnastics class. Yeah. yeah. And so we were like so excited to see this message flash up in the phone saying, hi, I'm the buying director at Selfridges and I need to speak to you ladies. And that's literally it. We had a conversation with him and we spoke with him. I think it was early November, which traditionally would be way too late. 20, where are we? 22, yeah. 2021. Last year. Last year, mm. late November. And um, which is typically way too late to be having conversations about being in store. Mm. And he said, how would you girls like to do a pop-up? So have a weekend. In, in December, do you have enough stock? We were like, do we? Of course we have enough stock. So we did a pop-up in Selfridges for just a weekend. 
um, had a concession, a concession stand there. And in that weekend, we outsold all of their Christmas decorations. All of it. Amazing. We, we sold more than some of the big like brands that they have in, you know, they've got some big brands in there. And in two days, we took more than some of those big designers taking a week. And so they saw these numbers and they were like, oh my gosh. And so then came the conversation like, to buy from us wholesale. So mm. now they probably have around 15 to 20 of our products in there. They bought units of each of them and just have them dotted around the, the Christmas shop. That's amazing. I, I don't have any wonderful formula to share with you and your listeners. You just this put is, it out there. It. We just put it out there. Well, that is one way. <laughs> that is one yes. way, but I, like some people might want to make a big like workshop about this. Like, you know, don't sleep. You know, you got to work all day, work all night. No, we didn't do any of that. I mean, we do do that because we have full-time jobs. But what I'm saying is, is that we just ran with what we have and we believe in our products as well. And our sales that we've achieved, thank God, show us that there is a need and an appetite for our products. That's not what I expected you to say to me. And I think it's just showing the power one putting it out there mm. right and to the power of social media yeah that's literally it. the power of social media literally but don't only build your business online because if that was to go that's a whole nother story um know. i mean even when you have outages when your whatsapp's down for two hours people are going frantic mm-hmm. so you know always try and you know have different streams of income wherever it's coming from whether it's your one business you have wholesale b2c all of that um, or you have multiple streams of income in other ways, whatever. But um, yeah, definitely diversify how you bring your money in. Get that coin. Get that so, coin. <clears throat> earlier in the podcast, I had Rachel, who's from Afrocentrics. Mm-hmm. And I think, they've grown massively. Yeah, uh, they really have. And one of the conversations that. that we had was um, going, I think they were going into boots or super drug. And she was saying that. For, and if you're early in your business, she would not recommend yeah. it only because of the margins. That the margins that they ask of you, if you're doing, if you're being stocked in a store, yeah, can be crazy, quote unquote, yeah. right? So, yeah. how did you find that now that you're being stocked? Do you feel like right now you're in a better position to be stocked because wholesale tends to cut down on how much you sell your products for online? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or do you feel like you could have been ready? from jump from when you started we could have been we for the products that we have could be ready from when we started we have a healthy margin on our products yeah. uh, we buy in bulk um we buy in bulk we have products made in the uk poland china um and so there's a healthy margin that comes with that even when you take in on board the knock of shipping costs and duty and all of that which mm. just always comes as a bit of a surprise but um we do still have a healthy margin Um, And then particularly like working with a company like Selfridges, they don't want to be exploitative. And I think that's the difference. It depends on who, which brands you're working with as well. And so we've actually been quite spoiled because now we use Selfridges as our template when we're having negotiations with people, because now we know what you can actually go down to Mm. or what the, what the levels can be. I know Selfridges is a huge machine um, and it's, it's world known versus another com- another company um, that may be slightly smaller or just a different type of product range or whatever. But negotiate because you don't want to be left with nothing. You don't want to be working for anything. Um, and when you go into these bigger brands, like something like a Boots or a Superdrug that's on every single high street. Remember, Selfridges is just on Oxford Street. Mm-hmm. But whereas you've got your Boots and your Superdrugs all over the place. So, and if you find yourself tied up with just majority wholesale with them, it's going to take a huge knock on your margin. It will do. Um, and I believe that Afrocentrics, they were an, always an online business, subscription business. Am I yeah, right? Yeah. So for, if you have a business model like that, it's how you maintain your subscribers. Mm. It's what you do with them to keep that relationship going, keep that engagement so that they're not going off on the high street. So you can yeah. maintain that B2C relationship and still get that margin there as well. Yeah. But you mentioned that you get your products made here, China, Poland, mm-hmm. China. I think yes. we all know they're like the manufacturing hub of the world, right? Yeah. I haven't actually heard of people getting things made in Poland. Yes. Yeah, so we have some um, other products that we've got, like socks and um, things that are outside of the decoration. Oh. Because we don't just do decorations now. We do a whole load of different other products. Yeah. Um, and so it is good that we get a bulk of our stuff in China. 
But when you have things like um, lockdowns in China that are unexpected or prolonged, um, you need to have other suppliers elsewhere. And sometimes you even will over overbuy. Mm. Because if you know you need your stock, the last thing you want to do is get caught up in that process of them closing down or it's Chinese New Year and stuff like that. Like, literally, I tell you, in business, every day is a school day. Yeah. Because you always having to find like you, that you weren't expecting that to happen. A lost box, defected goods, all of this kind of stuff. You have to allow for that. Um, and then you just learn from it. Literally. So- Okay, so you kind of touched on what I was going to touch on a bit late, later, which is I'd noticed that now you've diversified yes. from just doing Christmas, yeah, right, um, which I love, by the way. I think yeah. some of the products that you have now, they're amazing. Thank so you. So was that because you're trying to not just be for Christmas, so just be, what's the word, um, seasonal? Yeah. You're trying to be like an all-year kind of company. That's the plan. I mean, our tagline is to celebrate diversity by diversifying celebrations. So this year we first launched with um, like Valentine's gifts, Mother's Day, Father's Day. We have wedding cake toppers now as well. We have bedding for children. We have socks. We have wrap and tag. Um, Deborah Meaden, um, she was one of our investors. So I don't know if I said before, but we got investment from Deborah Mead and Peter Jones. So Deborah Mead and she's the queen of sustainability. Mm-hmm. So she was really keen to understand like, you know, what sustainable products that we can bring out. So we have some glass products mm-hmm. that we introduced this year. And we also introduced more paper and wrap. Um, we're looking at bringing out, I'm not going to speak too much about other products because you know, they're exclusive, but yeah, we're just trying to obviously diversify the range in terms of celebrations, the materials, you know, so then, you know, there's definitely something there for everyone. Yeah. And I think it's the first time that the Dragons have ever invested in what appeared initially to be a seasonal business because that was their like, hmm, seasonal. But I didn't realize that Deborah also had a background in gifting. I knew she did things like amusement parks and I'm sure she did like that kind of more fun side mm-hmm. of like entertainment in terms of her businesses. But she also has a background in gifting. And so when we were in the den, Theo was mentioning, yeah, you know, you guys are really seasonal, blah, 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 blah. And she jumped in and she said, yeah, they are seasonal, but Christmas is where the money is spent. Yeah. Christmas is a billion pound industry. And so there's enough there for everyone, literally. People go mad at Christmas, you know. Yeah. They do buying gifts, buying more Christmas decor, you know. And we have if you don't want to just buy for your tree or for your home, you can buy our products as a gift for someone. Secret Santa, you know, stocking fillers. You know, it was so funny at the stand the other day, um, um, a white couple came over and we have lots of different customers, by the way. Our customer base is really, really diverse. And um, I heard them talking away and I was like, I really want to get this for our neighbor, whatever the neighbor's name was. Um, But do you think she'll be offended? And I just turned around and said, no, she won't. She'll love you for life. Because that's a really thoughtful gift that you're getting. Yeah. Um, you know, you could go over there with a nice cake or, a, or an expensive bottle of wine, and that's lovely. But you go and take her a black angel, she'll be like, oh, my God, I love this. And where did you get it from? Because she probably hasn't seen it. Yeah. And, and so it's nice to hear that, you know, people see something and it's not necessarily for them, but they think how somebody else would love to have it, you know, or they think, you know what, I want one of these on my tree. Yeah, oh, so, I love it. I love it. And I noticed that you now use a fulfillment center. And I really yeah. would love to understand yeah. why you decided to go for a fulfillment center instead of having like a warehouse where you guys can kind of maybe hire somebody to do mm-hmm. the fulfillments for you. Yeah. So for the first two years of being in business, Natalie and I fulfilled every single order ourselves from home. So our homes became mini warehouses. Um, in, I'm trying to remember, it was 2020, we were aired, well, not even us aired, our products were shown on Lorraine for probably 40 seconds. And in that 24-hour period, we had over 10K worth of orders. And we had to fulfill those orders ourselves, along with normal orders that come in, get our kids up and dressed, do school runs, do a full day's work and fulfill these orders to tell you that that nearly toppled us over is an understatement. So when we aired on the Dragon's Den, on the Dragon's Den, um, and we were having conversations with Peter Jones's investment director, he said, "You girls need a fulfillment center. 
He goes, what is about to happen with your business? There is no way you're going to be able to do this from home. And he's he's been absolutely right because we are now doing way more orders than we were before. And now we're being called for podcasts like now and doing TV and radio interviews and stuff like that. And be mums, you know, keep households running, keep our jobs, get to get paid, you know. So we do have to use this fulfillment center because there's no way that we can manage these orders. But what it has... Hire somebody or did you you, think that that's harder because it's like... You have to pay for the space. Yeah. You have have to pay for the space. You have to pay for the staff. Um, Don't get me wrong. My dream is that we do have our own space. A space that is a warehouse, has got a couple of little office areas, a little hub where we can have meetings and stuff like that. Um, But in the meantime, between time, we need to use the fulfillment center. Um, because it's 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 grown way bigger than us. Mm. So well, it's not us. It's not us being bougie, <laughs> or you know, getting ahead of ourselves or anything like that. It's just not manageable. And working at the rate the rate that we work, even the rate that we're working now and still doing our jobs, it's not sustainable. So yeah. doing ad fulfilling fulfilling the orders as well, it's not doable. It's not going to work. No, and it, it pains me. I got to tell you the truth. It pains me to pay that invoice every month. I ain't going to lie. Because I could do that. I could do that myself. But well, I you can't. can't. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you can't. And also as well, like anyone who's in business or looking to plan on doing a business, there comes a point where I think, number one, let me first say, I think it's important to know everything that needs to be done in your business. Because then when you outsource it to somebody else, you know how it should be done. But it is important to outsource certain aspects because it allows you to play to your strengths in your business. Mm. While I'm there fulfilling an order, I can't be doing this podcast or I can't be trying to have conversations with big retailers because customers are waiting for their orders. So then you stay stagnant, but you want your business to grow. Unfortunately, you do have to outsource some of it. Like we have an accountant. I'm not an accounts person. We have a financial modeler who knows our business, been with us from the beginning. Um, and so was able to advise us. And so when she was saying, she goes, your margins are really healthy because she works with loads of businesses. So when we're, we have surrounded ourselves with people who educate us, which is really, really key to do from having an admin assistant, people who help us with defective products when they come over and they've got a really creative eye and hand and can fix things for us rather than us throwing things away or waiting for another shipment to come over and having to pay for it. You know, we have great people around us who are able to fix our products as well. You know, we have the fulfillment center. You know, we have all different people around us that can help us. We have, we will now have um, a digital marketing company. You know, we can only go as far as we can go with our little sponsored ads. So we now have a marketing company that know what they're doing, know how the algorithms work and all that kind of stuff. We don't know that. Yeah. We know how to create great products. Yeah. We know I how to sell. Agree with you. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> play to play to your stay in your lane, you know. Um, and then yeah, you'll be able to focus and streamline things a lot better. So, how do fulfillment centers work? For example, dealing with like Amazon, right? If you're selling on Amazon, do you sell on yeah. Amazon, by the way? Not at the moment. Okay. Um, if you're selling on Amazon, you send them all your stuff, they kind of charge you rent for that space. Yeah. So you pay and storage then, fee. Yeah. Um, you pay for picking. So you order five things. I pay five times for them picking those things. Um, Then obviously the shipping goes out as well. Now, as I said, we've done this before. So the first year we were doing it, we were using Royal Mail. And I'd literally be going to the sacks and sacks of orders to Royal Mail. We had a drop and go service. I didn't have to stand in the queue to the annoyance of all the other customers. I just rock up with my bag. And they look at you like, like, oh, see, why do you have to queue? I'm paying to not have to queue, buddy. (laughs) Um, And then the following year, we used UPS, um, which was great. They come to the houses. The guys get really familiar with us. Like, oh, my God, you guys have got so many orders, which was fantastic. But again, it was back-breaking work. And so now this is what I'm saying. It's good to know what you need to, how the process should work because now we're using the fulfillment center. If there are any errors made, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. That's not how it goes. This should be like this, da, 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 blah, blah, blah. Package them like this, please. We're paying for this. So you have to keep a watchful eye over the process. Um, but it is, it is expensive. I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a fee we could do without, but it's cheaper than having our own premises. Okay. That makes sense. And, and, paying, also, and paying wages, and you know, of those people. 
I mean, if you're going to do it yourself, it's your sanity. Yeah. And that was going to lead to my next question because you're both very busy. Like you mentioned earlier in the episode, you're both very busy. You have your day jobs. You have much music to run. You, you're doing other things. How do you not find time to do other things and also have time for yourselves? See, I've, I said this year that um, I've got a big thing now about self-care um, because it is hard. And I don't know about you, I find that my phone starts popping off from about six o'clock. Just emails. Sundays as well. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Excuse me. Boundaries. <laughs> but, you know, that's my time to maybe prepare for myself, do my little to-do lists, spend time with my daughter, etc. So it is hard. It's a lot to juggle. And we're busy all year through because we probably have a couple of weeks off in January. And that's it. And even though we're not physically working hands-on, but the cogs in your brain are still going. And all the people you've met at events in the run-up to Christmas, and you said, yeah, I'm going to get in touch with you in the new year. You then have to start to try and put that in the timetable and remember the conversations you want to have with them because those conversations lead on to something else. And so it's really hard sometimes to like muster up the energy to go to events, even have a pop-up stand, whatever it is that you're selling for a product or a service. But it's invaluable because there are people that you will meet at these events that you won't meet behind your laptop mm-hmm. or it won't have the same impact you're just another person sending a message via email or instagram dm or whatever you go to a uh, an event where there are like-minded people there and you get the opportunity to network it's amazing and so we do a lot of that and so like is a lot of me mom can you look after my daughter that she'll come here or i'm picking up it's a lot to juggle like, i'm not gonna lie um but i refuse to try and pretend that I'm superwoman I'm not I need a break as well and I think it's really important as busy um this is a podcast for women it's who moved my Birkin so you know take time out for yourself whether that is a brunch with your girls you know watching a movie going to the theater spa I love a spa take some time out it may only be once a month but at least it's something to look forward to I think it's really important to do that um because one day just trips into another yeah. And then you just kind of, I think what, what I str- really struggled with that, like I said earlier, that I had a skincare business. Yeah. And everything. What happened to there. it? You say you had, what's happened to yeah. your business? So I'm going to get to, yeah, that's where the okay. story is going. <laughs> <laughs> so I really resonate with, with everything you just said. So it was taking off and I was by myself. I was doing everything myself. Like you said, I was working, I was doing, I was making the products. Mm-hmm. Packing the products, yeah, getting the products, doing the marketing, do I was doing I was everything in yeah. it, and I feel like it started taking a toll on my mental health because I didn't have time, and the me time that I tried to take for myself, so I would go and get a massage because I love a massage. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I love a, massage. I love a mm-hmm. massage, and the whole time I'm laying there, I'm just thinking, yeah, I can't even relax. I'm just thinking, what can yeah. I do? What can I do yeah. to do better? What? So it was constant going 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 and I felt like I was going mad and I was like I need to stop yeah and that's why so I literally just said my mental health is not good yeah you can't compromise you can't compromise your mental health yeah I could not sleep like proper sleep because as I close my eyes trying to sleep I'm thinking do you know what I mean like my mind was constant and it's something that didn't happen at the beginning but at the beginning it was quite small so my thinking wasn't I was still thinking and it was exciting but now it was getting bigger so now my thoughts now became bigger and it was now okay so now what do I have to do how can I get to that and Mm. a lot happened I was like "Mm." and to be honest a lot of people were mad at me my friend is still very very mad at me for doing that but I was like how long ago did you stop I stopped last year last year June. And so what do you do now to engage with your customers? Which customers? I closed. I closed it. So did you, was it an online business? Was it was. It, did you have a shop front? No, it was an online business. I had some concessions that was mm-hmm. talking about products, but for the most part, it was online. Mm-hmm. So I fulfilled the last orders. Like, I think I gave everyone like a month notice that at, mm-hmm. at the end of the month, that's it. I'm going to be closed. So fulfilled those orders, closed it, and I feel like I have been in a very good mental space since I mm-hmm. closed it. Um, 
I don't feel like I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I just feel like maybe that time was of that time was done. I don't know if I'm explaining it properly. No, you because are. I can. I can understand. Yeah, because now I feel like I'm ready to go back into business. Not that. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like it was the right decision to close it. Yeah. Even though I feel ready to do something new, mm-hmm. I know it's not that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think as well that like um, everything is a learning as well. Like I said, Nat and I had two other businesses on the go before we started March Muses and added it as a third. Lord only knows how we did that um, the first year, 2019, of having three businesses to run. But the experience from one business to another held us in good stead with March Muses. All the other two businesses we had, they were great ideas. They were really popular, but they wouldn't make it. They weren't making us any money. Mm. It was just looking after. We never, ever made a loss. We're just always breaking even, just breaking even. March Muses now has given us the learnings from those two companies as what's helped us to know what mistakes to avoid. We've made some mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not out here trying to say that we're perfect or our journey has been perfect. There's been some highs and some lows, you know, and we, but luckily we're together so we can pull ourselves out of the highs, mm-hmm. sorry, out of the lows to bring us back to a high. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever experience that you had that you may have thought was negative in your business is going to be a huge benefit with whatever next you, t- you choose to do. Oh, thank you. I hope so. <laughs> I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You know, seasons, reasons and seasons, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so there'll be things that like you might, think about doing or you'll start your next venture whatever it may be and you'll think no 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 if I do that that's the thing that was keeping me awake at night I can't do that or you'll think actually no I can't do the marketing I can't make the products I can't bottle them up I can't be selling them at the stands I can't you need help yeah you know and the good thing as well like with us we haven't gone out other than like our financial modeler and um our accountant we have worked with people who are in our family. So I don't know what your your network is around you, but like to Natalie's sister, she's super creative. She's a costumier. She helps us with if we have defaults on any products and stuff. She she knows how to fix it because that's her that's her bag. Um my sister, she's our admin assistant and does a fantastic job. You know, our mums help us out with taking care of the children when we need to be here, there, and everywhere. And it's just you you can't do it all by yourself. Yeah. You can't. And that's where you have to kind of think, okay, some of what you do, you have to pay for. Some of it will come for free, i.e. grandmas come for free. And we just buy them gifts or take them out and stuff like that because uh, they don't want to ever take anything from us, really. Yeah. So, but, you know, if you can have a, a network around you, a combined set of people to help, try and do that because it sounds like you had a good business. If you were in concessions and had customers, you had a business. Yeah. No, it was. I think that was my fault if we're going to do a lessons learned, I think I definitely should have out, I should have outsourced help earlier. I definitely should have done that. Mm. Um, but that's what I'm looking to do now. Cause I'm just like, now I need a VA. Like if there's a lot of things I want to do with the podcast as well. And a lot of things yeah. that I want to do in general. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do them all. No, I, I don't want to burn out and then start hating. Yeah. This podcast. Like I don't, yeah. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, I I think that um, I'd love to see what you're doing. I'm keeping contact with you and see what you get up to. Because I think wherever it is, it will be great. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much for doing this and sitting down with me. I really enjoyed our conversation. No, me too. Me too. It's been great. Um, You know, hopefully for anyone who hasn't heard of us before, check out our website, marchmuses.co.uk. We are March Muses on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook as well. Give us a follow. You can also sign up to our newsletter you where you'll be made aware of discounts, where we, events we're going to attend, whether we're launching new products, everything. So we'd love for you to all come on this journey with us. You know, we have got so much work left to do. We've had a great run so far, but we're not at the end of the road yet. And so we're just excited about what the next few years has to bring. That was Alison Burton, co-founder of March Muses. If you enjoyed the episode, please let me know. Remember to rate, review on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. As usual, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please email guest at homeofmybackend.co.uk or you can go on the website 
womanofmybackend.co.uk and fill in the guest form with all your details and why you'd come on the show and also about your business. Remember, Christmas is only 20 sleeps away, so make sure you go to marchmuses.co.uk and get your Christmas gifts and Christmas ornaments. And the good thing is March Muses is not just Christmas, so all year round you'll be able to get amazing gifts and amazing products for them. Make sure you go to marchmuses.co.uk. Follow them on Instagram at marchmuses. I'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves and each other. Bye.